0: This is Erin, and it's another episode of Causes or Cures, and we're gonna talk about one aspect of electromagnetism today, those EMF shields. If you've been listening to Causes or Cures, you know that I featured several researchers or scientists who have analyzed a collection of studies in relation to EMF exposure and potential adverse health effects in mammals, including you, humans, assuming you're human, um, <laughs> who knows. Um, so, EMF exposure from things like computers, wireless laptops, cell phones, Bluetooth, 5G around the corner. Uh, so, it, the literature is clear. It's well established that exposure can cause adverse health effects, even though lots of people don't care. It's well established in the literature. I think it's safe to say that. But today, I'm, t- I'm going to talk to a doctor, uh, Dr. Paul Aru, about the EMF shields. Who is he? Well, he has his PhD in physics. He's highly published in this area. I'm going to link to his CV so you can see for yourself if you want to read any of his studies. He runs the In Vitro Plus Research Laboratory out of McGill University, which is a lab dedicated to the therapeutic and pathological effects of electromagnetism. He has a paper coming out shortly related to electromagnetism and how it affects uh, reactive oxygen species, which will be interesting. You should definitely read that. But on this topic, a lot of people slap on these little shields on their devices, their phones, their computers, uh, or they put crystals next to their routers, this and that and whatnot. There's a lot of different types of EMF shields out there. And I always, you know, and, and when I've read, you know, the, the literature on these things, I could never understand them. It was like they were just taking a bunch of big words and throwing them together to look smart. Sorry, that's what, that's just how they read. Um yeah. Uh, so uh, Dr. Paul Aru is going to talk about whether or not these shields actually work and what you can do and what you should do and what schools are doing across the ocean, not here in the U.S., but some schools are doing to protect ourselves in ways that work from EMF exposure. So uh, let's just take a listen from Dr. Aru. Guys, on the line, we have Dr. Aru who is going to talk about um, EMF protective devices. So I guess I'm going to start. I, you run a lab um, that deals with the biological effects of electromagnetic fields, right? Is
1: it- uh, that's right. Uh, essentially, uh, there is very little funding for this, you have to understand, but I do conduct experiments on this very subject.
0: So I'm going to start by... Uh, so I actually, you were recommended to me from, doc, uh, I had Dr. Miller on the podcast before who talked about the health effects of EMF. And I'll start there. Do you think that we should worry about the health impacts of from our exposure from EMF-emitting devices?
1: Well, if you're asking strictly whether we should worry, I believe that we should worry about anything as little as possible. It's not healthy to worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what should really be done is that uh, we should avoid deploying systems that are going to unduly expose people to this radiation. The reason is that, uh, unfortunately, the uh, I would say the technical and scientific community has not done a good job of recognizing the effects of this radiation. And I think we are going in the wrong direction in terms of uh, the evolution of human exposures. And uh, the reason why I'm not very happy is that we have methods of achieving the same developments and the same, I would say, technical uh, levels that would expose humans far less than what we're doing now to this radiation, which after all is being proven to be deleterious uh, to health.
0: So proven. And more deleter- deleterious if exposed at a younger age?
1: Well, like many, many things, if uh, you have an organism that is more fragile, because we like to say in biology that they, they are uh, uh, mitotically, uh, uh, you know, dynamic. The cells divide very, very quickly, that makes the cells vulnerable to external agents. So children, of course, are growing, and there is uh, you know, data that has been confirmed repetitively that if you expose young animals to this radiation, their brains don't look exactly the same. So when you're thinking about a situation like that, you're looking at possibly irreversible effects on uh, the, the new generation, uh, not only uh, when, when they're fetuses or when they're very, very young, but also uh, in the contemporary context with the fact that they're very, very heavily used in schools. So uh, there's a number of uh, places in the world, in France, uh, in Cyprus, where they have taken out wireless from schools, or they have severely limited their time of use in order to guard against such uh, effects on children.
0: And have you reached out to, you're obviously an expert on the subject, have you talked to people in tech, uh, or people trying to, to get them to make safer technology or get them to sort of I don't know, uh, do more risk, I guess, prevention type of stuff?
1: Well, th- that might seem like a very simple thing to do. But what you have to understand is that uh, society is very segmented. There are some people who worry about health. There are some people who worry uh, about uh, marketing products to people. And uh, it's very easy for one area to be ignored by the other. What this means in practice is that all of the warnings that have been issued by public health individuals or by biologists who are studying these questions have essentially been ignored because industry is too focused on development and does not want to consider alternatives to the present trends. Uh, Perhaps, One drama is that the little cell phones have proven to be very, very, uh, very lucrative as a market. So essentially, industry is trying to eliminate any connection other than through cellular phones so that they can sell you another new type of unit uh, the following year. And it seems that the subscriptions are very, very lucrative because they're, they're very personal. There's a big difference between bringing uh, uh, an optical fiber to a building where you can share the, the service among many people and selling perhaps 50 subscriptions to the people who occupy that building. So unfortunately, the business model of cell phones pays industry very, very well. And so they want to keep this uh, market going, perhaps beyond its real usefulness. In other words, uh, I think everyone recognizes the great usefulness of cell phones. But yeah. the industry is trying to transform them into a mobile entertainment center that people will be looking at permanently at the exclusion of the world around them. And so this is something that I think is not good from the point of view of exposure to radiation and also probably very, very bad sociologically. Although I am not a sociologist, I think that we can see around us that uh, cell phones are a little bit too invasive and essentially should be put back in their place.
0: I I would agree with you. When people, do you hear people say, well, it's non-ionizing radiation, so how does it cause, how does it affect us On a biological level
1: oh i hear that but unfortunately this is simply what i would call propaganda by the industry the mechanisms by which uh, electromagnetic radiation affects biological material is in the literature it's just that uh, when you get uh, uh, you assemble uh, a, a group of engineers or marketing people they can never uh agree to look at it. And Mm -hmm. so this is not unusual or rare. We have lived in public health through many, many uh, situations like this where an industry who, for example, sells lead paint or lead in your gasoline uh, simply ignores the fact that there are health consequences even when there are alternatives simply because perhaps from their point of view, it's a more profitable uh, situation. So the evidence is there. It's simply that they don't want to see it. Many, many drugs have actions that are practically totally uh, not, not understood, what, but they're being used. So right. the, essentially, when they're talking about it's non-ionizing radiation, uh, and so consequently don't worry about it. it, is just what I would call a, a red herring. It's a one-liner that they know people will believe because they have heard about ionizing radiation. Right. So they are creating what I would call Mickey Mouse science to uh, recruit the public into a wrong view.
0: Well, they've done a good job of that. Um, I want to ask
1: you about these... Well- I don't want to devilize them uh, right. you know, uh, unduly because they're there to sell a product. Right. And frankly, they don't want to get involved into anything else. So they don't deliberately intend to, uh, to hurt the public, but they will do it unwittingly.
0: Um, I want to, well, sort of switch gears, but talk about EMF protective devices because I've seen a lot of these things on the market and I write a a health blog and sometimes people send me things to review and I was sent in an EMF shield from a company. I don't have to say its name. And I tried to read the insert to that explained how it worked. And it was a lot of big words and physics and engineer. And I said, I could not understand this. And I don't think a lot of people could. So what, what are your thoughts on, these devices? We we could start, let's start with the shield, those things. I'm sure you've seen them, the things that you supposedly you stick on your phone and your computers, um, EMF protective devices. That's what they're saying. They are.
1: Yes. Uh, those things have been around for more than 30 years. In other words, if there is a segment of the population that is worried about something, there are entrepreneurs that will satisfy this demand. And, uh, uh, from what I know, uh, all of these devices are fairly uh, difficult to um, to view as convincing. If you want to protect yourself from electromagnetic radiation, uh, the simplest thing is to uh, reduce the the sources around you. For example, uh, don't use Wi-Fi; use wired connections in your home, and be aware that uh, some things that you buy might be strong sources of, of such radiation. If uh, you are uh, have a little bit of money, buy uh, a small instrument for a couple of hundred dollars. You can have some that are very, very complete. But these, I would say, uh, shields, uh, in the past, I have investigated a few cases in detail. Oh, and, good. Okay. <laughs> and, and you go to their website, and they seem to have very convincing data but frankly I think that a lot of these uh, devices perhaps not all of them but I think the great majority are essentially marketing efforts that uh, are not truthful that are designed to extract money from consumers because uh, you know it's very hard to understand how a small ball or a pyramid or something like that could truly affect your uh i would say your susceptibility to uh, a, an agent that that comes from a, a variety of sources so there is not much uh i would say uh i would say uh, scientific thinking that would uh, support these sorts of devices but it is a market that exists and right. i think it's very hard to suppress well
0: and i i guess the one thing about the market is that they recognize that there's a problem, but it's sort of, but they're addressing it in a way that's not scientifically proven at all.
1: Yes. And, and because radiation, in effect, is a bit complicated to handle from the point of view of measurements and shielding and so on, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to, uh, I would say, put on the market something that looks good and to create, uh, I would say, displays that can support. Uh, the usefulness of the design of the device but in 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 the final analysis they don't contribute anything to your health i think the some of these people might be optimists who believe that their technique is very very good but generally when you shield radiation from a phone by adding a device to it the phone will simply yell louder so that the radiation uh, is more effective and uh, I am associated with a project where people are trying to reduce the exposure, for example, uh, to electromagnetic radiation from cellular phones. And from the point of view of engineering, it's a relatively difficult thing to do, but it can be done, but it requires some real serious work. And I think that most of the outfits who uh, claim that they have such devices have not put in the engineering effort that would truly, uh, justify their claims.
0: So, and a lot of them are made of steel, copper, aluminum foil. So if, if you're saying that if they do anything, they would actually make, make the situation worse, like make your phone emit or work harder.
1: Is well, that- it, it, it could certainly happen. Uh, you know, uh, oh. high frequency radiation can be shielded by relatively thin metal but uh, the thin metal can also become a secondary radiator. And so it's very difficult to uh, assess, uh, you know, from a distance, a particular device for efficiency. But I have seen cases, the ones that I investigated in detail, where what is published on the Internet makes no sense at all. So uh, you can hire an artist to create graphics and to create data that supports you know, the sale of a device, it doesn't mean that it's true and who will actually uh, measure it. And I can claim on my website that this has been verified by such and such lab and maybe you'll never be able to find that lab. So, I mean, it's easy to put up a front.
0: And I've read some, yeah, there was a popular brand uh, that said they were independently tested by the FCC, but I didn't... Uh, I tried to look at the paper and I just didn't really know if it was legitimate or not, you know, not at all.
1: I wonder if the FCC, uh, considering their mentality, would truly get involved in doing that at all. The FCC is a spectrum allocating agency. They have no health experts. They are not interested in products to reduce radiation. They're just interested in spreading, you know, the cake of uh, frequencies. Uh, among different users.
0: I, I see. I, and I was just actually contacted by another company that created men's underwear that was supposed to uh, protect from EMF exposure. I mean, I know I mean, there's legitimate studies that link EMF exposure to infertility, right?
1: Yes, that's right. But, but of course, if you're going to wrap yourself <laughs> something that is conductive, that might be very, very effective. What I have uh, against, the things that I have against are those devices that do not, so to speak, create an inconvenience by wrapping you or shielding you and claim that by putting this ball near you, you're suddenly going to become immune. But if you shield yourself with garments, you may well reduce your level of radiation in the portions of your body where you're shielded. After all, if you look at the behavior of the electrosensitive, a lot of them use cloth and clothing and hats and all sorts of things like that to protect themselves. So, yes, this is effective. You uh, you take a bath in conductive water and you're going to have a reduced dose of radiation. But those are all physically understandable methods of reducing your radiation exposure. They, are, they don't function by something mysterious that is unexplained and is only... Uh, I would say, covered by mumbo-jumbo that uh, that has very little justification.
0: So you're saying these clothes work by sheer mass, like
1: well, there's no... Yeah, conductivity. Essentially, you okay. don't need a great deal of conductivity to uh, absorb or reflect or uh, protect against electromagnetic radiation. If you wrap your whole house in aluminum foil, you will reduce the radiation in, inside it very, very seriously. In fact... There's a lot of thermal insulation that you can buy for buildings that has a uh, metallic uh, sheet on it. And even though it's thin, it's very effective. Of course, if you have windows in your house, you might have to buy specialized conductive material that is transparent yet conductive to put in your windows. And this is a more sophisticated product. But what I'm saying is that true uh, choice of building materials and without spending a penny you can actually reduce your exposure to electromagnetic radiation from the outside very, very substantially. Uh, years ago, I conducted a survey of schools uh, to see which ones were able to attenuate uh, magnetic fields from power lines. And purely accidentally, you can build a school with very, very low fields. So it's entirely feasible at zero cost to do it. It's just that since people are unconscious of the situation, very few make the effort or have the knowledge to, to protect themselves.
0: I think, but how do you think the story will end? Because the health effects will probably, will eventually have to catch up as they do to any exposure, I would think.
1: Yes. You see, when you're dealing with, uh, with something like electromagnetic fields, there, are a pop- there is a population of individuals who are acutely sensitized. this radiation called the electrosensitive but most of us i am not electrosensitive myself i don't i don't know that i have any symptoms when exposed to the radiation it doesn't mean that it's not damaging me we may be suffering all from this radiation uh, essentially starting a hundred years ago and more uh, strongly since we have had exposure to pulsed electromagnetic fields because those are more biologically active, and the consequences to us are probably chronic because the main mechanism by which this works is that it uh, deregulates metabolism and it increases the, re- the, the amount of reactive oxygen species that we have in our body. Reactive oxygen species act on a variety of chronic diseases. In other words, it might take 30 years before the, uh, the effects yeah. become obvious. By that time, it will be too late, and perhaps uh, methods for telecommunications will have changed slightly. So you have to have the wisdom now to protect people and to use other techniques that are perfectly good for telecommunications that reduce human exposures. You know, uh, optical fiber is the data transmission technique that telcos use for themselves because it's great. It's 10 million times, you know, uh, Bell Labs has demonstrated over two two, two kilometers, internet speeds of 100 million gigabytes per second. That's 10 10, 10 million times faster than 5G. And it's so reliable, an optical fiber, that if it's not broken mechanically, you can string it three times and a half around the Earth and you will have one break every 35 years. So Mm -hmm. truly, for massive and rapid data transfer, it is the technique of choice. So essentially, what we should do is rely more on optical fiber and only use cellular phones for convenient communication, uh, improve uh, their ability to radiate away from the head and use our knowledge to reduce radiation to humans while we increase data transfers.
0: Okay, that's a, that's a, and that's a practical step that people can take. Um, I just, you know, it's, I, when you walk around today, you just see everybody—they're either have the cell phone on their head or they're texting or they have the the Bluetooth headphones, which, um, or the you know the wireless earbuds, uh, which I think over time again and at such a young age is probably not just not a good, not good for us.
1: No, uh, it's not good, but uh, they'll uh, they'll know about it later. When <laughs> smoke, because yes. basic well, studies tell us that this is not a good thing to do but uh, yeah. you know the thing is that people should have a choice and what I really object to um, in, in a sense morally is that if you want to smoke if you want to radiate yourself that's your choice but do not de- deploy in society systems that persecute the ones who are sensitive, and in fact uh, also expose others who are victims without their knowledge. In other words, if you want to install Wi-Fi in your home, that's your business. You want to radiate your, your, your family with Wi-Fi, go ahead. But there should be a warning saying you're doing this at your own risk. But if you start to deploy 5G everywhere, these things will be so uh, dense, these networks, and in in particular with the Internet of Things, which is a problem not only from the point of view of radiation level, but from the point of view of privacy. I'm not sure this is the society we want to live in.
0: Well, yeah, I guess, like you said, I guess we'll have to deal with the consequences uh, when they happen. Yes,
1: Um... but my job is to prevent the consequences from happening. Mm -hmm. But of course... uh, I don't have the money to to buy commercials on large networks who are essentially, I would say, recruited by big companies to be on their side. So the balance between individual scientists who see the results in the lab and the marketing power of uh, industrial and marketing giants is very lopsided.
0: I agree, but don't you think the World Health Organization? I mean, they have a lot of power. Um, They should. I've been told that they're going to be taking another look at how they classify EMF as a as a carcinogen, at
1: least. Yes, Uh, but these institutions, you see, are um, complex institutions. The World Health Organization manages, so to speak, the health of the planet. When you are in this position. You have to balance many things. And if you can understand what I mean by this, you have many dependencies. You can never move too fast. The people who are the technicians who assess health are people like the International Agency for Research on Cancer, like the National Toxicology Program in the United States, like the Ramazzini Institute in Italy. Those are people who do tests and who assess data for effects on humans at a higher political level institutions like governments or institutions that had a political dimension can never change anything too quickly otherwise they will pay consequences
0: yeah right well yeah and you know a lot of that is is money it goes back to money um well thank i want to thank you so much dr aru for coming on um and just to summarize for everyone listening, you're better off reducing your exposure than than getting uh, one of those EMF protective devices. Um, and what what sort of research are you doing now that maybe we can look forward to to reading?
1: Well, uh, I am uh, going to publish relatively soon a, a, um, an article that. Uh shows how using a cell phone or being subjected to uh, power line radiation increases the reactive oxygen species in, uh, in in biological systems and how this changes the way the cells die as a result. And there is also something else in the sense that uh, Uh, researchers who know this agent very well are trying to use it to to kill cells in particular in particular to kill cancer cells although it's a lot easier to disturb a a biological system than it is to control it completely to the point where you can kill cells rapidly
0: Uh, wow well i look forward to reading that it sounds really fascinating but um Yeah, Thanks again for coming on. And uh, I look forward to sharing this with my listeners, see what they have to say.
1: (laughs) You're very welcome.
0: Okay. Have a good weekend.
1: Bye.
0: Bye Bye-bye. All right. Great stuff, guys. Thank you to Dr. Aru. By the way, I think he had the best podcast voice coming through via Skype audio that I've had on my little podcast, Causes or Cures. Uh, I can never get... The noise reduction like that. Wow. it's I've, You know, in New York City, there's always like a train or a horn or something or someone yelling on the street. Anyways, I digress. Thanks for listening. Hope you subscribe. Um, if you have any comments or um, questions, email me, aaron at bloomingwellness.com or find Blooming Wellness on Instagram or Facebook. i happy to start conversations that way as well. Thank you all. Bye.